Yes. Welcome to the Basketball Card Strategy Show, Episode 5, with my man, Gary from HoopsAndCards.com and the Hoops and Cards Show. Gary, congratulations on Donovan Mitchell to Cleveland. I know this is a huge deal for you. And what a what a day to have the basketball card strategy show. <laughs> right? Yeah, we were uh, struggling with our agenda schedule of things to talk about. And uh, the Cavs came through, man. They went all in. I mean, they, they paid a big price, but everybody's consensus is they won that deal. And uh, Donovan seems to fit great. So I'm pumped. I agree they won the deal. And uh, for those of you just um, just tuning in for the first time, I'm Paul Hickey with NoOffSeason.com. He's Gary with Hoops and Cards. We do the basketball card strategy show uh, most of the time together now. I'm very thankful to have Gary join me for the show. And uh, welcome, everybody. And like Gary said, yeah, we had this show planned uh, planned out for today, a couple weeks ago. And we were coming up, we were kind of struggling to come up with some topics because there's not a lot going on other than, you know, us just trying to snipe some basketball card auctions <laughs> this time of year. And uh, all of a sudden, um, I, I messaged Gary on Instagram about our, our show topics for today. And he was like, well, yep, you just missed one thing. Donovan Mitchell to the Cavs. <laughs> and I was like, what? what was sure enough, breaking news. Breaking news. So, uh, yes, cool. I agree they won the deal. Um I've updated uh, not only Donovan's player profile on nooffseason.com basketball card rankings, but I've also updated Colin Sexton's, uh, Evan Mobley's, and uh, Darius Garland's, and even okay. Isaac Okoro's. So we could talk about all of that stuff. And I know you wrote a blog and, and published it right away at hoopsandcards.com on breaking news, Mitchell going to the Cavs. So there it is right there. Um, check out Gary's article at hoopsandcards.com. You'll see it on the homepage. And uh, Gary, why don't you why don't you start by giving us your overall analysis of not only the deal, but just kind of your take on what this means for for cards related to this trade? Yeah, yeah, it's it's funny. I had just talked a little bit on one of our shows, and maybe with you too, about how. We're in that August, not much is happening. The whole league is waiting for KD and Kyrie to do something. And then all of a sudden we get Chet Holmgren's injury. We get Durant is staying, if you believe that. And now we get a blockbuster not involving the Knicks. Like I thought this was going to be Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks. And in that case, I mean, the, the card take on Donovan Mitchell would have been completely different. Uh, I, yeah. I like this deal from a basketball sense. Uh, there's a part of me that when you when you guys hear of a of a trade happening and breaking news, you you will see uh, immediate sales on eBay of Donovan yeah. Mitchell, Colin Sexton, just about everybody in that deal. You'll see new listings, and then you'll see sold items just happening. And I'm not crazy about rushing to buy or sell right now. I I was looking into Donovan Mitchell prices uh, yesterday after the trade and Colin Sexton. And you've talked about it on your on your notes, even on that Donovan Mitchell page you updated. Like uh, there there might be a little spike, right? Yeah, there might, and it may or may not be profitable from what you paid for those cards. I don't know. I I just know it's big news, and it does affect those players moving forward. But do I see a lot of impact here on September second for card values? No. Am I doing anything different? No. As a fan, am I am I like pulled? Do I do I want to go buy some Donovan Mitchell cards as a Cavs fan? Yes. Um, the guys that uh, Pack to the Future uh, podcast are huge Utah fans, and so they've been lamenting the Donovan Mitchell thing, knowing that this was inevitable. I, yeah, I it would whole be, rebuild for Utah, right? Whole rebuild. Yeah, and they still have four or five players that they could trade and you know flip for more picks. So, um, yeah. Basketball-wise, a lot of picks too. No, I didn't mean to cut you off. I think um, I, I I will chime in real quick though. There are yeah. so if you go to eBay and sort by new, you can you can go to the advanced search and you can finagle it so that you only see new listings. There are for Donovan Mitchell cards, um, basically just Donovan Mitchell 2017 rookie cards. 
Yep. Uh, there are four full pages at <laughs> 240 items per page of all new listings in the last 12 hours. Um, so I, I did I did listings in the last 12 hours. There are there are, I'll say it again, 240 times four. So wow, well, you know, um, a lot of you thousand new listings in the last 12 hours of Donovan of, of singles of Donovan Mitchell rookie cards. And so I think I'll chime in here and then I'd love to know anyone, uh, anyone in the comments, let us know what you think. I think I, so I updated Donovan Mitchell's profile at nooffseason.com. And if you're a premium subscriber, you'll see that I basically come out and say, sell, sell now, but sell quick. um now because if you don't you're gonna miss this a very small hype spike on this trade and then they'll go back down again like maybe even in the next like two or three days so if you want to run like a a real quick uh two-day auction on this that's what i would recommend or just list as a buy it now that might be even safer uh, cause then you can take some offers on the hype cycle. And then if you don't like the offers, then you just hold. But I think it's tricky because like a lot of Mitchell hasn't been relevant in a while. Right. right. And so, so you've got a lot of people that have been holding Mitchell and they want to sell him. And this is an opportunity to sell him. And for those people, I say, go ahead, like, like sell him. Because I don't know, other than the fact that this team really looks good on paper, and I'm really excited about this team on paper, and they could make a run. You and I both know, though, like in order for a guy like Donovan Mitchell's cards to sustain uh, a a long-term increase in value, uh, he's going to have to perform at an extremely high level and the Cavs are going to have to win. They're not only going to have to get into the playoffs, but they're going to have to win playoff series with Mitchell being like a catalyst in order for his cards to, because he's, you know, he's been in the league for, for what, six years now. So there's no, this is the hype around him, this trade. And this make no mistake. Like this is the moment to sell his cards. Now to your point, Maybe not, depending on your situation. But if you're somebody that's been holding him, I think you sell. And but I, I agree with you. Like I don't think you buy at all. I think you like there's no there's no reason right. to buy any of these guys involved in the, directly in this trade. Um, and really, Sexton's the only other one that that's even really that's in the trade that's even really worth talking about. So yeah, yeah, I I agree with you. I like you using the phrase hype cycle. Um, because it does seem like there's anytime there's big breaking news, there's a day or two, maybe three of it's all over the media. It is big news. It's a, it's a game changer. Um, and people are buying and selling. I, I would think none of us are surprised that Donovan Mitchell got traded. Um, if, if I was going to sell him, I would have listed, you know, his cards two weeks ago on eBay to sell and just yeah. have there at, at a, at a price I would take, but you're right. It's worth trying. You know, uh, if you get people running out to buy in the next 24 hours. Um, I like what you said, too, about um, the the time to buy not being now, because that I mean, in a month, nobody's going to care about Donovan Mitchell or about this trade. And more more realities will settle in like, well, we don't really know how good the Cavs are. Like you said, they're not there's not a big playoff series coming up. I mean, we got got nine months, 10 months before anything relevant to his cards or to his career. The, the thing that's cool to watch, though, is going to be the uh, attention on Cleveland, the attention on the Cavs as a legit contender. Um, you know, I'm a Cavs season ticket holder, at least a partial season ticket holder. And we got our tickets put in our account uh, seven days ago. And two days ago, I listed several games. These are just tickets to those games for sale. And they sold right after the Donovan Mitchell trade. And, and then I immediately went and pulled all the other ones off sale. Like, I'm like, I want to go to more games now because yeah. I want this team gel together. I think it's going to take some time. As much as I think Donovan Mitchell is a better fit in Cleveland than Colin Sexton at the two. And I think they did need a guy who can do all the things Donovan can. I hope we're getting like the bubble Donovan Mitchell, like the one that could go off for 40 or 50 in a big game. But you're right. He hasn't been relevant for a while. And you know yeah he's got the he's got the skills he's got the talent there's no doubt about it that he can be like a top 15 player 
yeah, um, consistently in the league and be recognized as a top as a top 15 player in the league. He's there. He just needs to do it. And maybe we've seen uh, lackluster Donovan Mitchell in Utah because he hasn't wanted to be in Utah. And maybe now that he's in Cleveland, uh, we'll see somebody who sports card investors will be happy that they held maybe through this. But we've got him. We had him as a buy and a hold for about the last three or four months. And now we've immediately flipped him to to a sell. And I honestly think that's really the best we can do to be anticipating like, you know, at nooffseason.com, um, make helping people make the play, helping people time the market and that kind of thing with, with a guy like Donovan Mitchell. Because again, he's just been so um, stagnant for a while with his with his performance and uh, and his relevance hasn't been there. But now, and with the trade, um, rumors of course there's a little bit more relevant so you make a good point there but now you've got like i don't know maybe 48 hours to 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 crystallize or liquidate your investment on mitchell before he just kind of then he needs to perform on the court so speaking of that what does this do i want to ask you what does this do to our our guys darius and evan uh what does it do to their card value because you've got you and i have been high on probably out of everybody in the hobby i would say you and i are (laughs) are the highest on Darius Garland. We've got a lot invested in our reputation as content creators into the Darius Garland. The uh, next Steph Curry, baby, the next Steph Curry. (laughs) That's right. I said he was the next Steph Curry. So I'm I'm still high on Darius. Um, What do you think? Let's go one at a time. What do you think this does for Darius's card value potential and just overall investability into his cards? You... Uh, one of the things we're going to talk about is who are you buying and who are you eyeing and Darius yeah. Garland is, is both right now. Um, the the deals on his cards before this trade were at like prices from a year ago. Like it, mm-hmm. it's, it's crazy how quickly we forget what a great season a player has and what his cards were worth. I'd say the same about John Morant, but Darius Garland, what I think this does to his uh long-term future, I think it helps him. I think it means he's going to get playoff experience uh, and be on a contending team and learn a lot from Donovan Mitchell. I don't see Donovan taking a lot of uh, Darius's stats away or his scoring yeah. uh, because they're really the only two prolific scorers the Cavaliers have now. I mean, Jared Allen can get you 17 and 10, but Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland are pretty much it, and they're going to they're gonna fill it up. So I, yeah. I think it's going to help Garland in the short term rather than hurt him. Okay, we're totally in sync on that. That's what I wrote into Darius's profile as well. Okay. I updated that today, and I think, I think this does more for Darius, uh, his ceiling for sports card investors because yeah. it does, like you said, it doesn't take anything away from him at all. Um, I think he can still be. They can be like a one A one B. I don't think this moves Darius to the two. I think he still has the star. Not not the two position, but the number two overall star on the team. I think there. I think he actually still has the star quality, as much star quality as Mitchell does, if not more, in terms of a ceiling. So I see them as a one A one B kind of interchangeable, and I see Darius as also now maybe someone that people move off of a little bit enough because you've got Evan Mobley and Mitchell now there. Maybe some people see him as the third option and don't invest in him. And now you've got people like us maybe able to scoop him up for even cheaper. So I think he, but I think he's still a a sleeper flyer, but a really, really good calculated one um, that can come through. And so the only, you know, we've talked about this with Darius before he, and you uh, on, on your Instagram account, posted a new um pickup uh he just doesn't have that many autos he doesn't have that many he doesn't have as many investable cards but the more that i think about that i think about that as a good thing for for investing in darius because if there's only so many cards for a guy from their rookie year because again for those of you who don't know he's he's upper deck exclusive autographs and so there's just not that many darius rookie autos or Darius autos in general that look good, you know, cause they're upper deck. Um, so you've got the different upper deck brands, but, um, yeah, you just purchased one. I'm curious, you know, if you're able to share the details of that purchase and, 
and uh, what your plan is for that. Is it a PC thing? Is it something that you got maybe looking to flip? Are you going to grade it? I don't know. But uh, but yeah, I like I still like Darius and I, I like the fact that he's got you've got to kind of go with those obscure cards to to invest in him, which makes it like there's going to be one, maybe one or two that end up being like the Darius card to have, which I think is is a good thing when you're looking at all these different options for sports card investing. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Darius Garland, um, you can't find an autograph card of his for less than 150 bucks right now. He does not sign with Panini. It's just been the upper deck or the Goodwin champions cards. And, um, he hits all three for me. Like I'm a fan. Um, he's PC and I see him as a great investment. So it's hard. Like when you ask me, what's my intention with a card, um, the, the two autograph cards that I did get of his one was, uh, from this year's Goodwin champions, just the regular autograph card that he signs. It's not even numbered. It just, it just, he just signed it DG and okay. uh, that was the card I got in a trade about six weeks ago at a card show. And then last week I got another one in a trade. Um, I traded several, basically the only time I'm parting with a good Darius Garland card is when I'm getting a better one in return. So I was able to get one that's like that was exclusively given out or sold in these packs at the National, a Darius Garland autograph card where it's like the Ace of Spades. That's probably the one you saw. Yeah, that was the one I was talking about. Yeah, and he signs D Garland, and then you can see it's like number fifty nine out of seventy five written there on pen in pen, and uh, so that that one I got in a trade. Um, I I want to keep that for a while. I'm, I I like that it's you know limited print or limited auto. Uh, but I almost traded it away like an hour later because there is his rookie Goodwin Champions card that's autographed that uh, now is pushing past a thousand dollars, especially the high grade ones. So that would be the one to get, uh, Paul. If you're if you're looking at it, 2019 Goodwin Champions Darius Garland auto, those are. I'd be curious to know the print count. I, I don't. I should get uh, Dirk yeah. Nash on that or something because those are hard to get. Yep, I had that one uh, in an SGC 1010, and I sold it. And uh, I'm okay with the sale, but I yeah. kind of wish I still had it. This is the only I'm going to show you. And for those of you who are listening, I'm showing Gary a uh, uh, tw- uh, 2020. So this is like a this is his rookie year was 2019 2020. This is his rookie. It has the RC logo on it. It's a on the horizon insert. Um, I think it was a redemption, if I'm not mistaken. These on the horizon are redemption inserts. Um, I forget from what from what brand, but uh, PSA nine. This card is my only Garland card right now, and so my P, it's in my PWCC vault, and they have it insured for three hundred and fifty dollars. Typically, okay. the insurance value is significantly less. It's maybe like 75 to 80% of what <clears> you <throat> sell for on the open market at any time. Okay. Um, PSA pop one of 12, four graded higher. So um, curious to see what this one does during the season. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, he just doesn't have, he's got the Goodwin Champions rookie auto, uh, um rookie auto right mm-hmm. and then he he's got obviously prism uh base and prism silver and the prism variations kind of a cheesy photo um and then he's got yeah. this on the yeah. horizon there's some that i'm missing but um anyway yeah i think i think dg i think our guy darius garland is uh is going to be someone who ri- continues to rise in value so we're sticking with the call we're sticking with yep. the call. Now, Mobley is a guy who's been a hyped rookie. His card sales have been really, really impressive uh, ever since his pro releases came out. Um, so much so that I even submitted a couple base Donruss rated rookies in in at the $18 a card level to PSA uh, in July because, you know, even though that's like a $1 card raw, the PSA tens of those sell for, they were selling for over a hundred dollars even in, in yeah. the summer. So where do you see Mobley now overall as a sports card investment with now with Mitchell and Garland in the backcourt and Jer- Jared Allen with them in the front court? Uh, I already think, I mean, his, his ceiling is 
the sky's the limit for Evan as far as the kind of player he can be. I I have not as a I mean I'm a Cavs fan saying this. I have not been buying Evan Mobley rookies, and some of that's uh, because price. of strange price, but some of it's the strange release times of all of these, and feeling like it's it's sort of anticlimactic. I've been buying rookies of from this year's rookie class. I've been buying rookies that I find raw that look gradable that are usually cheap cheaper and are like the they're they're a parallel like a, a Donruss green yellow laser hollow of Jalen Green or an orange laser hollow of Evan Mobley uh, those I can get really cheap when I buy in person in Cleveland people have already marked Evan Mobley's cards way up high and I just think we're it's going to be a while before he's a dominant force offensively defensively he already is but offensively it's going to be a while so I'm not in a rush to buy uh, any of his cards maybe I should be like maybe I'm missing out on some numbered rookie autos that I should be um, those will be cards I will probably personally target in trade-ups and not in spending cash um, and I should even add to with Garland being a buy or getting deals on Mobley I'm seeing I'm seeing better prices obviously than than I did in May on most of that stuff and even at that price whatever it is eBay or in person I, I make an offer like you, you yeah. can make an offer of offer 60 or 70 percent of what they're asking. Like it's a it is a buyer's market. So take advantage of that. I'd be curious what Mobley's you have or you you would recommend um, because I'm, I'm kind of waiting on him. Yeah, I don't have any Mobley's just because of price. Like it's been ever since the you know <clears throat> that, that whole rookie class 2021, <clears throat> 2022. I'm huge on the class in general. But I didn't. I I was really selective with the singles that I bought, and I I faded, I faded Cade, I faded Mobley, um, I I faded Giddy, uh, mm-hmm. and Jalen Green, uh, and even Scotty Barnes. Like, um, I I haven't. I've really only bought Cam Thomas and Bones Highland. I picked up a Bones Highland, NTRPA out of maybe forty nine. I got a really good deal on that. Um. Shout out to Texas Roadshow Cards. Chase Krim hit me up and said, it's like, I know you like Bones. I got this Bones uh, RPA, NTRPA. This is my first NTRPA. Nice. Um, and is let's it, see. Uh, Nuggets uniform? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. it's going to be in my vault soon. Let me bring up a picture of it here for you guys. And this can segue us into who you're buying and who you're eyeing. Cause I, I'm, I'm really excited to talk to Gary about that, but this is, yeah. So this bones, uh, on card NTRPA out of 49 is a pretty sick card. I got it for, I think $95 all in shipped and everything. So the only, like, I think I got a Steve, I know Chase likes to hook me up with deals. So I really appreciate when he does that. Um, I think it's like a hundred and twenty, maybe $135 was the last sale of this exact card. So I got it for 95. So it's a heck of a deal. Um, greeny green says nice. I think he's talking about this card. He might be talking about redneck day traders question, which we'll get to in a second. But, um, really the deal from chase was the main reason why I pulled trigger on this card, because I think that there's a lot of room for this to go up, but with, but back to, you know, with Mobley's stuff, everything I've seen has just been so expensive that I haven't really wanted to, uh, to invest yet. And I don't really know what to do. I did the only, the thing I, the big move I did make was I bought a first off the line, uh, contenders sealed hobby box just to be in on the, the class itself. So that's been sitting in my, um, that's been sitting in my, uh, vault. Okay, Gary, let's, let's answer redneck day traders question about this Garland card before you tell us who you're buying and who you're eyeing. Um, yeah. he says, what about Garland's 2019 certified mirror red color match and a gorgeous card that's low pop question mark. I think, uh, do you know about this card? I don't. So I'd have to no, research it. I was going to look it up. I was going to also ask if it's graded. That, that's another thing that's that's huge in my decision making lately. Uh, just to lock in what, what the card's condition is gives you so much, especially some of these lower number that are going to be higher in price. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
I think, I mean, grading is, is always a good, obviously, I think if you think it's going to grade high, it's always a good way to add a scarcity to a card um, and, and make it, um, make it stand out a bit from other cards. So that's been my strategy for uh, when I grade base cards and, and, you know, non-autos and stuff like that. I'm looking this up right now, Redneck Day Trader, just to give some reference here. So Benini certified Darius Garland. Uh, the first, so the first one that pops up is actually a CSG 10 uh, in the eBay search. So let's see. GMA 10. Oh, GMA. GMA. No, that's yeah. GMA. That's a, that's a, a, that's a that's bogus grading company. Everyone <laughs> don't fall for it. Don't buy this card. If it was CSG, I would say, yeah. Cause it looks like, they're copying the CSG slab. Wow, that's ballsy. Um, but this is the card, nevertheless. It is a gorgeous card, I will agree. It is the cheesy photo, though, uh, yeah. that's on Prism also. It's just not zoomed in like the Prism photo. I think it's the same photo. Um, I think this could be a good find. I mean, I'd have to like I'd have to do a little bit more research. This is a little bit off the cuff. I appreciate the question, but I think this could be a this could be a good find. My only hesitation here is this kind of this kind of follows a theme that Kendall and I talk about on the sports card strategy show a lot. And and when Kendall and I just chat in general offline, mm -hmm. basically we say whenever there's a card where you have to kind of educate the buyer about the card, it's probably not investable. And so Redneck Day Trader, while this is a nice color match. I don't love the brand certified at all. And yeah. I don't, and I don't see this card as someone who like Gary and I have researched a lot of Darius Garland cards. Neither one of us knew about this card. And then even when we searched it, it was the first time we had seen it. So that tells me that this probably isn't an investable card. It's probably a decent PC card. If you like it, Gary, do you think I'm off about this? But that's just my initial, my initial take on this question. You're, you're spot on. Paul, I just I was wondering if Redneck Day Trader, if you're asking because you already have this card and you want to know if it's a good one to hang on to or if you're looking to, to purchase it. Um, it's it's not numbered. Paul's right. It's not a brand that people are searching for. So it's going to be harder to resell. Um, and there are other options if you're looking for a color match. Um, I mean, even just the prism ruby red wave looks more like the Cavaliers wine color. Um, that that's a that's an awesome looking match, um, but still the same cheesy picture. You're right. Um, that's one of the reasons I like Court Kings because they have like five or six different, uh, you know, editions. They're, yeah. they're they're just more creative with it. So yeah, but I, I'm not crazy about the certified either, Paul. Yeah. So cool. So we're on the same page there. Thanks, Redneck Day Trader, for for the question, and hopefully that helps. And we really appreciate you uh, mm -hmm. watching and commenting. Now, uh, so Greeny Green was talking about the bones. So this is this is what I'm buying. This is really the only basketball card that I've purchased recently um and he says i was talking about the bones and then he so he likes it but then he says i worry about the future value of non-game worn patches how do you guys feel about that okay so i've heard this um from other content creators and i understand where they're coming from i just don't know what the other option is because like if everything is player worn um and not you know not guaranteed game worn then I think what that could do is it can increase the value of uh, like legacy stuff that is game worn mm. um, because of the awareness of people like Greeny Green saying like, hey, this isn't game worn. But I don't know that it negatively affects the value of future stuff because if everything is not game worn, then how does that, how, like if that's the only option, then like, you know, and you're going to the store and like, there's you like honey nut Cheerios and, and, and they decide like post cereal decides to only make honey nut Cheerios. Like, I don't know if all like all cereal being honey nut Cheerios affects the value of honey nut Cheerios. Like, so I don't, I don't know. And that's kind of a weird, like if you still like honey nut Cheerios, you're going to buy it. Um, you could be right. Greeny green. Like if, if you believe that you, if you are worried about the value, you, you could be right. But there is no like, 
Um, now, okay, an interesting well, thing would be, would you rather have a Bones NT on-card auto out of 49 without the patch? <laughs> you know, Gary, what do you think about this? Uh, well, I I hear the, the question. Is, when I get a um, – or I see a patch card where Panini has that awkward sentence, the enclosed material is not associated with any player game or anything <laughs> – yeah, you've seen that. That is the weirdest sentence uh, in the history of sports. But it's like, yeah, yeah, that's that's a turnoff, or it's at least not as cool as saying, yes, this is this is game worn by LeBron James on blah blah blah. Like there there is something where as a as a buyer, I I want something that that's more authentic or that's not just they they went to Dick's Sporting Goods and bought some jersey, cut it up. And uh, you know, there's there's stories and conspiracy theories out there about this, Paul. So like, yeah, yeah, I I it's cool to have any patch in a card, but if I'm gonna buy one, if I'm gonna invest, especially when we get to these higher priced cards like National Treasures, I'd rather have something that that right. And at the same yeah, time, yeah, and go ahead. And I guess time, I guess like my I kind of talked and didn't really give my punchline, and I think that you made a good point. My final like determining factor would be uh, does the patch negatively affect the design and uh, aesthetic of the card? And to me, I would be more I would be less concerned with whether or not it's game worn when I'm because again, I'm buying cards to flip the card. So I'm buying I'm yeah. I'm trying I'm almost like a buyer for for a retail store, like you know, a, and like a retail chain where I'm 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 that's how I'm thinking. I'm thinking like, <laughs> what's the market for this? Is somebody gonna buy it? Kind of mm -hmm. a thing. And so like when I looked at this particular bones card. I wasn't thrilled with the with the patch because the patch doesn't really do anything for me. But the card still looks nice. Like it's oh, a yeah. it's, it's a cool signature. It's a great photo. You can clearly see the Auto Forty Nine National Treasures RC logo. So it, um, I think that like Greeny Green makes a great point. I think, but I I would be more concerned if the if the patch itself negatively impacts the aesthetic of the card which i have seen patches where you're like oh god that's just like yes. why why is that patch on there i'd rather just have a contenders auto with no patch so i i think we're kind of on the same page with this like it's up for discussion for sure but i don't know that like i but i will say i'm not going to be a guy that's like oh i'm not interested in that because it's not game worn again because like nothing's game worn anymore like the only thing game worn is going to be the stuff that is going to go for hundreds of thousands of dollars and it's going to be for one of the star guys out of nt or out of immaculate or something like that it's yeah. going to be a case hit which i can't really afford anyway so right right we're well, talking about I, trying to turn a hundred dollars into 200 i'm okay with an with a regular like non-game worn patch uh, yeah and i should clarify like uh non-game worn i would still buy those i would just if if i had to choose between one or the other Right. And I've got I've got 50 bucks or 100 bucks and they're both sitting there. I would buy the game worn one. That, that's all I'm saying. I, I think oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. All right. So let's get into who are you? Let's start with who are you eyeing? Wait, eyeing? Yeah. OK, I'm I'm eyeing uh, PSA 10s of guys that, like you just said, I, I can buy at 100 and sell for 200. Or more like with these guys, buy at two hundred and sell at four hundred. And in my case, where I've where like I've spent so much in the last six to eight weeks on cards that I'm like, maybe I can trade to get that two hundred dollar card and then flip it for four. But I'm looking at John Morant, Anthony Edwards. Those are my two. Nice uh, as of right now. Or LeBron James uh, numbered cards from premium issues like National Treasures. You know. Um, but Le Ja and Ant, especially, I, I see a good deal in either of their cards that are um, PSA 10 base even. There's some great flip opportunities. PSA 10, red, white, and blue. Uh, great buys right now, actually, on those and the greens. Raw, like I've had several cards uh, raw that I I think, man, I should have bought that card. Or I should have traded for that Anthony Edwards pink cracked ice. I'm just saying prisms right now because that's what I've seen. Um, 
Speaking of color matches, by the way, one of the PSA 10s I'm like trying to level up into is the PSA 10 Ja Morant Optic Blue Velocity. It looks like it was just made for Memphis Grizzlies fans. It's yeah, a good card, good. but the PSA 10 is like, yeah, the 10 is like, I, I want to say 400. Maybe it's a little under 400 right now You if, if you're getting there. But the PSA 10 Ja Morant Optic Blue, those are the ones I'm eyeing, Paul. I'm trying to eye cards that... Um, I have boxes and boxes of prospects. I I need to look uh, at the next level. I need to look at at uh, graded cards of guys that I think are going to take off and are already popular. So that's why John. There you got some up there. Yeah, you're right. It's right at about 400, 425. Yeah. There's one at 425, one at 400 right below it. Oh, just under 400 right below it, and it is a, a sick looking card. I love the thought process of, okay, this isn't a base yeah. card. It's close, but it's a variation and it's still affordable, achievable. And so you think, so this is an example of one that you think is going to go up. And like, when would you like, so you're looking to buy these now and it's September 2nd. When yeah. would you be looking, what, what would be your plan to flip this? When would you look to list it? Yeah. Yeah. Good question. Uh, the reason I have a sense of urgency about these two is in the hype and lead up to the next NBA season, which I think it may even just like for, for cards, I think may start when the season starts or shortly after, because right now it's still all about the NFL. You, you yep. would know this too better than me because you major on all the sports, but like when people start to turn their attention and they're investing to basketball, these will be two of the first guys they will be looking at as well. That's a good point. And I, I love Anthony Edwards and, and John Morant. Those are two. I think I love that you're super focused on them right now and you're you're going into okay, yeah. what what variations of their of and I like that you're going, okay, PSA 10, these two guys, see what I can it, get. It's my goal for the month, Paul. September is September is uh Anthony Edwards PSA 10 month. So that's my goal by the end of this month to have a PSA 10 that I will love for about six weeks and then flip it. The reason I like those guys better than say LaMelo or Cade Cunningham or um, any of this year's rookies is because they, they, these two already have playoff experience and they're going to get more. Oh, love that. I can't tell you when Cade Cunningham will ever be in the playoffs. I I can't, but these guys, I agree with you. There's going to, these guys, it's, it's, None of us would be surprised if Anthony Edwards is an all-star this season, right? Yeah. He probably should have been one last year. None of us would be surprised if John Morant is an MVP candidate. So, but we would be uh, foolish, I think, to wait until January or February to start buying those guys. I think it's, it's now or (laughs) you're missing out. It's now or maybe December, right? Because I remember last, and you're more experienced than me at buying basketball cards over the last several seasons. But I remember last season, um, there was a huge dip in like everybody, Trey Young. I mean, just December, yeah. like, like, uh, specifically December, Trey Young, Ja Morant. Um, and then there was uh, Ja started to put up some huge games after the turn of the year, and, um, uh, and his prices came back up again, even for his base, base stuff. But, um, yeah, now I, and you've been the most outspoken on like this being basketball card buying season. So great, <laughs> great tip, great. Great time to have you on and say, okay, so Gary from Hoops and Cards, everybody says PSA 10s of Anthony Edwards and John Morant now. And I love that you just uh, coined September Anthony Edwards PSA 10. <laughs> that is, that is my, that's my goal that. this month. Um, unless I get a good deal on that Darius Garland uh, Goodwin Champions rookie auto. But yeah, I, I like the Anthony Yeah. Edwards. The other thing, guys, the reason he stands out or those guys stand out to me is Maybe this is, um, you know, I, I love seeing guys that can do it all. I, I don't see Trey Young driving to the lane and rising up and dunking over three other guys. John Morant does that every night. Yeah. Anthony Edwards does that every night. I can't even remember seeing a LaMelo ball slam dunk highlight. I, it doesn't happen. But these, you know what I'm saying? These are the guys. Yeah. And um, and so you asked me uh who are the rookie sleepers or like second year sleepers? Yeah. I'm, I'm eyeing, uh, and this, this is, I'll, I'll go with two guys, but I'm eyeing, um, 
another player who does a lot of what I'm talking about. He can shoot 10 threes a game or he can drive and dunk on anybody. And the veteran version is Anthony Simons. Mm -hmm. I think he's going to get a lot more opportunities this season as a starter that they've committed to next to Lillard. Um, and then the other guy who's like lesser known right now, and it remains to be seen what his ceiling is, but it's, it's Trey Mann. Okay. I don't know if you've watched of Trey Mann or not. Cause I, I agree with you on bones Highland and Cameron Thomas, but the more I watch of Trey Mann and I did some yesterday, I was like, this guy is uh lights out shooter. He's quick. He's fast. He he looks to me like a Darius Garland, but he's also the guy that can rise up and dunk on someone. And there were alley-oop highlights and he's a short guard with crazy hair. So I'm looking at yeah. him because you can find his cards super cheap. Okay. Great tip. No, uh, Trey Mann has not been someone that I've been, that I've been all over by any means. Um, so that's a great, great tip for the audience. Love that. Um, I know, uh, Kendall is a is a OKC guy, so he'll probably love the Trey Man call. Yeah. Um, and so let's well, talk it, about. So did we hit also who you're buying in this con in, in this conversation um, as well, or because uh, you said you were eyeing Edwards and uh, Ja, which I take to mean that you're very strategic about uh, about pulling trigger on them. Um, is there anyone that you're just like smashing the buy it now button on or going <laughs> to card shows and just scooping up because you just you, like, is there, is there a differentiation between eyeing and eyeing and buying for you? Or are they kind of the same thing? Well, I would say I'm eyeing cards at the next level for me. Mm -hmm. Like if I have a lot of cards that are in the 50 to hundred dollars range, I'm eyeing those two, $300 cards like the jaw optic blue and saying, how can I get there? What okay. of my cards that are down here do I need to sell, flip, or do whatever so I can get this card? Because when I get this $300 card, it's going to be easier to flip it for $450. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And, and it's a cooler card to have. So the, I'm eyeing the level ups. I'm also eyeing Donovan Mitchell now just to see what happens with his cards and see if there's something I want to get as a Cavaliers fan. But buying, uh, uh, buying I would say I'm looking at um, – I'm looking at premium cards like National Treasures, Immaculate, Impeccable, uh, numbered cards of players that I, uh, like maybe that we've already mentioned. So guys like yeah. Darius Garland. But for me, the guys I'm buying right now, I just got a um, Tyrese Maxey National Treasures numbered to five, and it's an awesome looking card from this year. It's not even his rookie, but I, I'm thinking I paid, what, $40 for a National Treasures Maxi numbered to five, and it's it's an awesome card. Uh, he's I like a guy that. that. Yeah, he's a guy that whenever I'm at a show or I'm online, um, I'm still – he jumps out at me. He, Him, Darius Garland, LeBron James, and then uh, I think that when we think about prospects, um, even though I'm eyeing the level-up cards, I'm still the guy that goes through your dollar box or goes through your $2 box, and that's where I'm always seeing Trey Mann. And I'm not buying all of them. If it's a nice looking Trey Mann or a nice looking Bones Highland, I'm buying that. But when I get lucky and find a Jalen Green, that's that's pretty cool. You know, you, you might find Jalen Greens and Franz Wagner. Seems like people, yeah. people just don't know how good these guys are or how good they're going to be. Um, if you're looking for like an obscure sleeper, I know people. I know people who know basketball recognize his name. And I some people love Alperin Shangun. Yeah. Um, I don't love Alperin Shangun, but I don't hate him either. And when he's in somebody's quarter box and you can get rookie prisms or parallel prisms for 50 cents, that's what I'm starting to see. And like, you guys, he could be a starting center in Houston for a long time. And this is, this is more of the budget flip, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he has potential. I think the other guy that, since I'm talking about Houston Rockets, I did Jalen Green, Alperin Shangun. And I got to mention, if you're feeling, risky or feel like rolling the dice, Kevin Porter Jr. You know, again, I'm not putting him in the, I'm not putting him in the category of anybody we've talked about yet, because I, I earlier I said, Hey, Ja is a playoff player. Anthony Edwards is a playoff player. Well, Kevin yeah. Porter Jr. May never make the playoffs, but he may be a 20 point a game scorer for the next 10 years. You yeah. These I mean? are great names to look at in the, on the lower, like either in the, you know, the $3 boxes or the, you know, 
99 yeah. cent boxes wherever wherever they may be and um i don't know a lot of people like to go to com c a lot of people say com c is kind of the virtual dollar box uh if you will so i love those names i mean trey man um and uh and kevin porter jr is a good sleeper uh anthony simons i don't want to gloss over that you said anthony simons a minute ago and he has gotten like rave reviews in our youtube comments of past videos so like videos that i put out back in like march or april that talked about you know uh sleepers like keldon johnson like there are comments on those videos where i don't mention anthony simons and like literally today somebody commented like anthony simons like you, you know he's I'm all like the, the commenter was like, I'm all over him. I'm buying this. I'm buying that Anthony Simon. So, um, a lot of opportunity and, uh, Elperin Shangun, uh, <laughs> is someone that, uh, I mean, you mentioned like three or four really good second year guys that you're, that you're, that you're anticipating could make an impact. And he's one, he was a first round pick, but he was the Rockets like second or third first round pick last year. And, right. um, uh, Kevin O'Connor on the mismatch with Chris Vernon. Uh, it's a very popular uh, basketball podcast and Kevin O'Connor like loves Alper and Shangun and like typically, and they have a big audience. So like when he latches onto a guy, um, it, it can maybe create some buzz, even though it's like a little bit of a joke, it's still like, okay, he could be a good player. Um, Greeny Green's chiming in here with a couple of names. Yeah. Sorry. Quinn go ahead, Quinn Grimes, I actually was at a Cavaliers Knicks game in uh, in the winter, and Grimes came off the bench and made like six threes, and we're like, "Who is this guy?" Maybe it was maybe it was four threes, but it felt like six. He's a rookie that um, the Knicks absolutely love. I I I think the Knicks are a fascinating team um, because some of these young prospects that I would say, man, if they get playing time, like if Emmanuel quickly is going to start for somebody. I think his cards would be a great buy right now, but I don't know when he's going to get legit playing time. Same thing for um, Quentin Grimes. Like, I don't know what his role is going to be. I, I think the Knicks will probably still make some sort of deal. I kind of think they have to. And I, and Paul, I was wondering about you with our Cameron Thomas focus. Like part of that was, I just assumed the Knicks were going to blow stuff up, make some deals and Cam Thomas would get more playing time, you know? Yeah. So for the, so yeah, shout out to Greeny Green. This is a great call because, uh, Quentin Grimes, uh, 25th overall pick last year, uh, small forward shooting guard, uh, Gary said he saw him play, lit it up, uh, in the preseason. Right. And so that's pretty, that's regular season, oh, regular season. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Regular season. That's huge. So, um, yeah, I mean, I okay, so I like the call of Quentin Grimes. Um, I'll get to Cam Thomas in a second. Greeny Green yeah, yeah. also says, um, book night in Charlotte. Um, he was like a top 15 pick, I believe, last year. And uh, I remember the draft analysts being high on him as a as a scorer. Yeah, I mean, I think like in the backcourt in Charlotte, it's going to be interesting to see what shakes out. And book night, the, my only like this actually segues nicely into Gary's question about Cam Thomas. So Gary and I did this episode uh, a few months back where I like proclaimed Cam Thomas, the next Tyrese Maxey and, uh, and Jordan Poole, Right. And so yeah. um, everybody in the hobby sort of knows what I mean by that. Like, I'm not saying he's exactly that type of pl basketball player, but I think like in the hobby, he's a guy late first round pick competitive team, comes off the bench, but then eventually earns a starting role because he's a versatile point guard that can score and potentially play the two. And so um, the reason why I'm avoiding book night to Greeny Green's question and I'm buying Cam Thomas is because for whatever reason, their prices don't really align. Like you can get mm -hmm. Cam Thomas still cheaper than james book Knight in a lot of cases um not all cases don't don't quote me on all cases but i'm just higher on cam thomas um and i actually still like cam tom i like cam thomas even more now that Kyrie and durant are staying there because i think he could slide into a tyrese maxi role so like mm. again tyrese maxi with joel Embiid and ben simmons now ben sim like in entire end of Tyrese Maxi's rookie year, he was playing with Simmons and Embiid. 
Um, and so then obviously the Simmons thing happened and then Maxi stepped up because he had a bigger role. I could see a similar situation in Brooklyn with Cam Thomas playing with, with Irv, uh, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. And then all of a sudden Irving is just, who knows what is ever going to happen with that guy. Yeah. And they're going to need Cam Thomas to stand. I just think Cam Thomas is going to play his way into that. And with Durant on that, and that's what Maxie did. Maxie, nothing really happened that allowed Maxie to uh, all of a sudden pop in like a Tom Brady did with Drew Bledsoe. Like it was, it was Maxie played his way into that rotation. And, and I think Cam Thomas out of everybody has the game to play his way into the rotation in Brooklyn. And I could be wrong, but I'm just putting my money there because it's actually cheaper than like bones and book night. And like some of these other sleeper guys, like Chris, like <laughs> Chris Duarte, like the, I would just rather have cam. And so um, we'll see what happens. It'll be fun. It'll be fun to see what happens. I could be wrong, but I would love to be right. I would love to be yeah. right about this one. Not only because I've gone out there and like, wrote a sports card investor article about it, put it all over nooffseason.com, put it all over hoops and cards and basketball card strategy show. Yeah. But I've got like five Cam Thomas contenders, rookie ticket autos now. And there's, and I'm, yeah. I should be getting them back from PSA pretty soon. So I'm pumped up and ready to go with Durant back in Brooklyn. So in the last few minutes here, Gary, let's talk about KD and LeBron because these are two of the biggest still two of the biggest name guys in the league, still two of the top players, future hall of famers. Um, and they've already won multiple titles. Each of them, uh, last year they were each expected to win their conferences and meet in the NBA finals. Obviously that didn't happen. Each, each of their, t uh, seasons were kind of dumpster fires. And now we're in a situation where LeBron traded for Pat Bev, which I think is really cool. I think mm -hmm. it's a sign that the Lakers are going to do some things to actually win some games this year and compete. Who knows if they'll make it back, you know, to the NBA finals. And then you've got KD coming back to Brooklyn. Let's, let's, let's give it a chance with Ben Simmons and Kyrie and everybody just in like a little bit of a stable environment there this year. I'm feeling actually pretty good about both the Lakers and the Nets. And as a result, have done a lot of research and put that out on each of their player profiles on no off season feel there's some amazing buying opportunities specifically for LeBron right now. It sounds like you're aligned with that, but what do you think about both LeBron and KD as your September buys? Yeah. Um, I like just big picture. I like both of those guys as buys. If you're going to hold stuff long-term and if you're going to buy smart, like I, I think with any of these players, we, we often talk about the rookie card or the hot, you know, the, the, the popular cards, but with, with Durant and LeBron, you could buy just about anything uh, that's a PSA 10 or just a cool looking card, especially a patch or a numbered card and hold on to it and, and enjoy it for a while. Uh, as far as short term, like next two or three months, uh, their rookie cards are still down. I, you know, just because it's the off season, I do think I, I agree wholeheartedly with you that the Lakers are going to try to make this a contending year. They have to. And they're going to make a some sort of a move involving Russell Westbrook. They've got a couple other minor chips that they can trade. Uh, they don't need a whole lot. They just need the right pieces. A couple guys that can hit jumpers, you know, around LeBron and AD. Um, so I, I think they have a, a legit chance to make the playoffs, win around, depending on how young LeBron acts and feels and how healthy AD is. I think that's as big a problem as anything. Anthony Davis never seems healthy. And to Durant, um, as far as Brooklyn being stable now, I, I don't buy it. Like, I, I don't buy that Kyrie is going to show up, you know, at more than 40 or 50 games this year. Like, he's going to find a reason to just do Kyrie. And and even if he doesn't, like, even if he plays, he, he could easily get hurt. I, I like what you said about Cam Thomas is going to play his way in. He has he has energy, and when I don't I don't look at um, the current version of Kyrie or the other guys on the um, on Brooklyn as the the youngest, quickest, most electri electrifying version of themselves. Like Kyrie can do it on any given night, but he just doesn't. He, he chooses to turn to turn it off sometimes. Cam Thomas will bring energy every time he's on the court. He's hungry. Yeah. He's younger. He's fast. He can score. He doesn't. 
never met a shot he doesn't like. So I like personally, I'm not excited about any um any Kyrie or any any uh prediction involving Brooklyn going far in the playoffs. I'm more curious to see what Milwaukee does if they can stay healthy this year. Yeah, well, uh I appreciate that. I I can't quite wrap my mind around buying Durant myself, but I do think yeah. I do I do think that if, you know, just cuz I just don't connect with him. Like I connect with Giannis um, I connect with, you know, a lot of other guys. I don't connect really with LeBron or Durant personally, but I think that, um, they are great buying opportunities. So like as a, uh, sports card investment advisor, if you will, I do, I do encourage people to go out and check into the pricing on, um, some of the more investable cards for LeBron and KD and just see if it might be a fit for you. Cause I do think like Gary just said too, I mean, long-term, they're probably smart plays. And uh, I think of if I had to pick between the two, I would definitely pick LeBron. Like if you forced me to buy one or the other, I would I would definitely pick LeBron. Um, yeah. and there's like a 2003 Fleer PSA 10 that's actually pretty achievable. I think it's down to around $700, $800 now. And it used to be 12. During the season, it was like 1200 So to me, that seems like a no-brainer. We've got that listed at nooffseason.com in LeBron's profile. So check that out. But, uh, hey, and Paul, can I, can I add something about buying these big names? Yeah. Uh, this, this summer I have added a Giannis rookie and a LeBron rookie. And with both cards, there was this feeling of, uh, Hey, I just spent more on a card than I've spent on a card in a while. Or yeah. I'm just so glad I got a Giannis rookie. Like I've been, it's an iconic, I've been wanting that card. It's the NBA hoops one that I think is on your logo or your, you know, the NBA, yeah. love it. I love having those cards. And at the same time, um, in both cases, I sold myself a little bit short, meaning uh, if I had waited just a little bit longer, I could have gotten a better graded one. Like instead of a PSA eight LeBron tops rookie, even though I got it when it was down, a guy gave me a great deal. I love having the card. Would I rather have a nine at today's prices? Yes. You know, yeah. would I rather have a 10 of, of Giannis's NBA hoops? Yes. So it's good to target cards, but don't just make getting that card the objective. You want to get the right card because it, not only with the cards that I just mentioned, um, but with, with a few others where I've just been excited to get that guy's card, uh, it's harder to flip those. There's there's fewer options and there's fewer. There, there's like a, a we got to think of a term for like the range. Maybe it's just the range of a card that's buying and selling right now. Like that John Morant uh, blue velocity we looked at earlier, it it could be selling between three and five hundred bucks over the last two or three months, mm -hmm. right? You could say current comps range range here. Well, the better card you get, the better the upside on that range. Like the the PSA tens of Anthony Edwards rookies, they they go way up. Whereas the yeah. PSA nines, even though sometimes nines have a good return on investment, like I've made money on nines. I like the nines that I have, but sometimes their range goes like this or the, or the number yeah. of people interested in them goes like this. Totally. And I think they end up in like the, the slab uh, boxes that at card shows yes. for like 15 bucks ultimately. Like, I mean, I think that that's their, that's their floor is that you're trying to get rid of it for 10 to 15 bucks someday. And I, I, th I do think that kind of sucks that, that happens to a PSA nine, but you're right. Like ultra modern PSA nines just aren't going to, they're not going to have, they have a very, very, very low ceiling. Yep. Um, and when the player performs well, the real stock to own is the PSA 10, uh, especially for ultra modern cards. Now. Um, yeah. I mean like LeBron, there's so many LeBron rookies because of the upper deck deal that he had. Um, like the upper deck thing just kind of ruined LeBron rookies in general because I mean, the, really, the tops and the Fleer are the are the investable ones, and mm -hmm. anything that even like a PSA ten upper deck LeBron rookie doesn't really have the ceiling that the Fleer or the tops. Now, upper deck, obviously, like SP authentic and the autos and stuff; those are different stratosphere. Yeah. Those are like the high dollar cards. I'm talking about like the mass produced upper deck set where they it's like an entire photo shoot of different variations of the same base card but they're just like different photos those just aren't really um aren't really worth anything but um 
So, so I think that from that 2003 LeBron rookie card is more like what the ultra modern rookies are where they better be a PSA 10 or else it's really not going to be worth yep. much. So I think that's a good point. And um, I think you also made me think of something else that's very important. So often I talk about the investment strategy of literally just being able to pick one guy. Like if I liquidated my entire portfolio right right now um, and <laughs> was able to just to get back into the game, one strategy I might choose is I'm just going to invest in literally only one player across all sports, just one player. And I'm going to do that for like the next two years. Mm -hmm. um, you can make money off of that just by following like the ebbs and flows of that one stock. So to your point yeah. earlier about like you got a LeBron PSA eight, you were happy with it, but then you noticed that if you would have waited two more months, you could have got the PSA 10 for less. I think that like, so play that out even farther. Like, let's say you continue to track the value of that one PSA 10 that you could have had. You continue to track the value of that card for the next two years. And you note, okay, during these time periods, it actually dipped below where I could have had it. So now that's an opportunity to buy it even better. But yep. then you've got during these time periods <clears throat> is where it goes up in value and it may not go up in value by the same amount each year, but it's going to go up in value based on the seasonality of the thing. I think you can you can pick a player like LeBron, like Giannis, um, like many of the other big names that are that are always relevant, and you can make money off of one player, one card, yep, and and just buying and selling at the right time, and. I mean, that's may seem like a captain obvious statement, but I don't think anybody like name me one person, one person, come comment, let us know if you're like one player, one card, I'm making money off of it over, uh, over, over more than, you know, a six month time frame. That's something I'm actually really intrigued to try at some point. Um, Mickey Mantle. <laughs> Mickey Mantle. We've talked about the Darius Garland, you know, <laughs> difference between yeah. a Mickey Mantle and a Darius yeah. Garland. But like we've talked about a Darius Garland silver prism PSA 10 mm -hmm. as a card that you could just, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, if he suffers an injury, uh, you could be screwed or it could be like a great buying opportunity. And then you yeah. go screw those up and I don't know. Well, so, so that's right. my the thought that you made me, you made me think of that. Yeah. And that, that's the other idea I want to bounce off you later. Maybe after the show is kind of related to that, like just the seasonal buying in and out. Well, yeah. and the reason the reason like well, the reason this is such a great opportunity that's my wife calling. She has nice. the sweet child of mine ringer. Um, the reason I, this is so timely is because it is September, and after doing this for two or three years in a row, I know the market's different, and it, and you do need to know why is it up this time of year? Why was it down this time of year? Sometimes it's an injury or a circumstance or a trade, but but sometimes it is just the seasonal thing. And when I, like last week, I saw some prices just on the guy I'm eyeing, John Morant cards. I'm like, those prices look strikingly similar to what they were 12 months ago. Yep. And I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> John just had like an, an insanely awesome year where if he had stayed healthy, he might have been in that MVP conversation even longer. Right. I also know what those cards did in January, February and March. And yeah. so if I can get back in on Ja now and sell at the All-Star game, uh, especially exactly. like a PSA 10, take the PSA 10, just his base card. You can get in on that now for between $175 and $225, right? $225. Yep. Um, but look at what his base PSA 10 was, card ladder or right? It was three. Ladder. It was $300 for, for a, a few days, at least, a, you know, around a yeah. week. I sold... I sold mine for, I mean, a pop count of 22,000 on that card. And I sold it for $300 last like February, I think. Um, I was super happy with that. I didn't, it, it was, it was about what I paid for it. Cause I bought in at the, at the, the height of it, which is a mistake that I made, but I was happy to get out of it for what I paid for it. And then learn, learn the lesson of like, okay, like now, yeah, September, 2022, I can buy it yeah. for 175 if I want to. Um, so yep. yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Well, anything else you want to add before we wrap up here, Gary? Great, great show. Anything else you want to add? 
Yeah, this is always fun, Paul, uh, hanging out with you and these guys in the chat room talking cards. Um, the the thing about the jaw and the base cards, I know base is boring, but you just said it like the, the pop count is high. Uh, when I'm going to card ladder lately or um, sports card investor, I'm I'm looking at how many sales have happened on that card in the last month or the yep. last three months. Liquidity, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because that, that makes me know, okay, if I buy this, it's almost like buying a gift card, like it's going to retain yeah. value to somebody, you know, if, especially if it's a big name and a PSA 10, it's right. The reason, the reason I got back into sports card investing a couple years ago was solely because I saw it as where else in the world can you buy something that's super fun hmm. that gives you some bragging rights, gives you some reason to root for a guy and then literally sell it whenever you want for a worst case scenario, a little bit less than what you paid for it. And in the meantime, you got a whole lot of entertainment value from it. Like it's, it's, uh, it's for your soul and it's entertaining and then you can sell it. So even if you lose money, even if you lose 50 to a hundred bucks, I'm not saying that's not a big deal. That's probably a big deal to, to many of us, but it's still like, okay. But at the end of the day, like everything else that you would have bought in your entire life, you would have spent the $200, $300 on it and then not been able to right. do anything else with it. Like you're never going to get that money back. And so you can either enjoy the card or you can enjoy the card for a little bit, have a, have a story, have an experience. You can't like resell a vacation. You can't resell. There's so many different things that you can't, you can't resell like the food that you ate, but like the sports card, like you can spend money on it and then you can enjoy it and then resell it. So that's what I really, that's really one of the reasons why I, I got in, uh, huge, you know? So, um, great stuff. Uh, thanks again, Gary, for joining. This is Gary from hoops and cards. I am Paul Hickey from NoOffseason.com, And, uh, I want to let you know that you can get a free premium subscription at NoOffseason.com for a year. And I want you to email Paul at NoOffseason.com to find out how. So whether you, whether you're a current subscriber or whether you're you haven't upgraded but you're familiar with the show and you're familiar with nooffseason.com, check it out, go to the website, determine if you want to upgrade and if you want to upgrade, email me at paul at nooffseason.com and I will tell you how to get a free premium subscription for a year to nooffseason.com. Everybody, thanks so much for watching and listening to the basketball card strategy show episode five have a great day